guys, you're listening to Millennials at the Movies. I'm Amy. And I'm Novi, and today's movie is Death to Smoochie. According to Google, Death to Smoochie tells the story of Rainbow Randall, the corrupt costume star of a popular children's TV show, who is fired over a bribery scandal and replaced by squeaky clean Smoochie, a puffy fuchsia rhinoceros. As Smoochie catapults to fame, scoring hit ratings and the affections of a network executive, Randolph makes the unsuspecting rhino the target of his numerous outrageous attempts to exact revenge and reclaim his status as America's sweetheart. It's streaming on Vudu. On Rotten Tomatoes, the critics give it a 42 and the audience a 66. So this might be a weird one. <laughs> it's definitely a weird one. I watched um, the trailer for this movie just to kind of know what I'm getting into because I had never even heard of this movie. Or maybe I'd seen like a picture of it here or there or something like that just as a Robin Williams movie. But... No matter what you expect, whether you've read the synopsis or not, whatever you know about the movie, going into this movie, even just watching the trailer, is just like, wait, what the fuck is this? <laughs> that was my reaction. It was just like, what did you choose? What the hell is this movie? But it wasn't even negative. It was just like, I have no idea what to expect still even watching the trailer. No idea what the hell this movie was going to be about. Oh, even with the trailer, you think you know, but you have no idea. It's real weird. <laughs> It really, really is. Um, I mean, just to start with names of the characters alone, Rainbow Randolph and Smoochie the Rhino, that's beautiful. That already makes me go, yep, I need to know more about this movie. Well, and, to be fair, mm-hmm. Smoochie the Rhino is the character's name of Sheldon Mopes. Right. Now, Rainbow Randolph is actually Rainbow Randolph for the entire movie, <laughs> which is weird. Yep. Is that first name, middle name, first name, last name? (laughs) I'll say, though, I loved Rainbow Randolph from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Like, even though we find out very early on that he is part of a bribery scandal in order to feature some people's children more on his children's TV program than others, you can still see so much that he really loves that show and being a part of it and hosting it with those kids. Like, it's his life. Yeah. Yeah, like, he's not this horrible, horrible... I I feel like throughout the movie, he kind of gets to, and we'll get to that, but he becomes kind of a worse person through the movie in his desperation. But um, even when he is corrupt at the start, when he is, you know, with the whole bribes and everything like that, you still... It's like... Let's put it this way. Any adult whose entire life just like his is is surrounded by children's children and children's songs and children's everything you're gonna end up I feel like and I feel like this is probably true for real world too you're gonna end up doing something just really really horrible no matter what it is and his wasn't that horrible it really could have been worse you know yeah the beloved host of a children's tv show getting arrested for something you're just like okay please let it be bribery exactly yeah (laughs) yeah like it could have been a lot worse and so i i didn't hate him and i I thought it was just because uh, it's robin williams and i love robin williams so much but um no but like he's not I feel like you're supposed to dislike him throughout the movie at certain points at least and I don't think I ever did. He's very pitiable at yeah. the points where he is being evil even. 
Yeah. I mean, there's some things where it's just like, oh, no, that sucked, though. But he's <laughs> so funny that you almost look past it. Yeah. And speaking of funny, I think the funniest things for me were a couple of things. First of all, the characters, and we're going to talk about them in detail, but the characters were all really funny, I think, with maybe a couple of exceptions. Um, but the lines, the lines in this movie, it, I think... The movie itself wasn't that funny, but the lines in the movie were constantly hilarious. Well, every character really got something that was really funny to say. Yeah. And it's rare in a movie that everyone gets to shine. Mm -hmm. But it's like every time that I watch this movie, I send you a different quote or I'm like, you were, you're going to love this. You're going to love this quote. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the this movie is one of those that you're just going to constantly be quoting. <laughs> and maybe for someone like me, maybe I'm not even going to remember what the hell I'm quoting. The quote's going to come to my mind and be like, what the fuck was that from? <laughs> but Well, last night I sent you a quote from a character called Tommy. And she said, I've got a headache from the eyes to me ass. And you're going <laughs> to say that all the time, I swear to you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I am prone to getting headaches, so maybe it'll actually <laughs> fit very very well in my life <laughs> uh but yeah rainbow randolph and smoochie the rhino couldn't be more different from one another aside from their love for their jobs for their shows and like what they do but they are such opposite characters and it was so good seeing that because they like played so well off of each other they did, and I don't think it would have worked had Ed Helms's Sheldon not been so damn earnest the entire movie. Mm -hmm. He's he's an adorable person. I just want like I just want to hug him and just be like, "You're so sweet. You're so caring. You're the kindest person in the world." And you don't even understand. Like I feel like he doesn't even understand sometimes when people are just being assholes to him. You know what I mean? Like, or he understands it and is just like oh but like be positive and think of it in this way and eat some healthy foods <laughs> well he did mention at one point during the movie that in college he was required to take an anger management course mm -hmm. so I see it more as him trying to constantly de-escalate a bad situation yeah yeah but, but even in the times that he is naive he mm -hmm. still isn't a pushover he has the backbone to stand up for himself and I really yeah. appreciate that yeah and speaking of him standing up for himself, I feel like we see that pretty early on when, um, so, okay, so Nora has to go find somebody to replace Rainbow Randolph because he is corrupt and they can't have him on the show anymore, right? <laughs> They're like, find someone else. And she does not like Sheldon and does not want to go with Smoochie the Rhino. Um, no, she is ordered to hire him by mm -hmm. Stokes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we see him, um, Sheldon, standing up for himself multiple times throughout the movie, but um, against her early on. And I think just seeing how excited he gets, first of all, when he's offered this opportunity, but then also when they're trying to get him to like do certain things and he's just like, no, we're not doing that. I'm not doing that. We have to do it this way instead because he wants to be a good person and like, I, I, first of all, it's admirable, but at the same time, it's like how can somebody want to be like, or not want to be, but how can somebody be this big star in a TV show, no matter if it is for kids or whatever, and have such like good intentions 
because you would imagine that if you're going to get to that role, you would go, okay, I'm not going to be able to do these things. I'm going to have to adjust things and change things around. But he's just like, nope, I'm not changing anything. I know what I want. And this is what's going to happen. And I love that. That's the entire point of them hiring him. They wanted to find somebody who had the kind of family friendly convictions that Rainbow Randolph did not. Mm -hmm. And at no point is he willing to kind of compromise on that for money. Mm -hmm. And his integrity makes him a really great foil for Nora because she's so jaded. Their chemistry in this movie is so great, both as enemies, then kind of reluctant partners and sort of as a romantic connection, maybe a little less. But for (laughs) the most part of the movie, I really enjoyed the way they played off each other. Yeah, I agree. I think they they played off each other well, and we'll get into the romance part of it later on. But um, yeah, they... Like, I, and that's another thing, too. All of the characters played off of each other so well. There's so many different characters, and they're different is, like, the key word there. They're all so very different from one another, and yet it just always worked every time anybody had a scene with each other, but especially um, Sheldon and Nora, and Sheldon and Ran- Randolph. And that did work out really well, but I also really loved Angelo and Randolph together. Yes. I loved Angelo in general. Like, he's all perky and innocent when he was actually working with the Kringle kids and the Rainettes. Mm-hmm. But then he just gets all like, yeah, whatever, a job's a job. <laughs> now, when Randolph shows up at his apartment at first, mm-hmm. he is in his apartment cooking spaghetti in a Sweeney's hot apron listening to I Feel Pretty. <laughs> yes. I'm like, who are you? Man? I love him. That's that's the thing about him. He's like, I don't care what I do for work. I just want to be able to come home and listen to my music and cook my food. And just like, that's important. The important thing to him is that he gets to have that time for himself. And he has the ability to, you know, buy the ingredients and make the food and all that kind of stuff. And but he cares so much about Randolph through the does. entire movie. He puts up with more than anyone else would. He takes him into his home even after Randolph basically lost him his job. Yeah. He feeds him even after Randolph destroys his apartment and he kicks him out. He still brings him food and gets him another place to stay. And yeah, he needed that, I think, to have somebody that actually really cared about him Mm -hmm. and didn't turn their back on him because of what he did. Yeah, and you could tell that they had this really, really strong friendship for a long time. And no matter what was going on with Randolph, Angelo was going to be there. And like, because he understood he got what it was that Randolph was going through. And because he's known him for so long, he was able to be like, like, you're just going through some shit right now and you need to fix it and not let it take over your whole life and ruin you even more. (laughs) Well, I think that was kind of difficult because it even made me feel for Stokes a little bit. Mm -hmm. There was that scene in the car where Randolph asked Stokes to meet him and Stokes was clearly just so upset and he called him Randy and it's like, no, don't do that, please. Oh, yeah. And he just looked so sad and it's like, I didn't want to fire you. You gave me no choice. There's nothing I can do for you now. Yeah. Yeah. But you could tell he hated doing it. And it just hurt. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. These weird fucking characters as 
as strange as they were, were also somehow so real. Some of them, at least. Um, they were so real, and you could feel an emotional connection with them, even as the bad guys, like you said about Stokes. You could even feel that connection to him. Maybe not all of the bad guys, but for him. <laughs> well, I didn't say Stokes is the bad guy, so spoilers. Mm, well, if you're here, you're already ready for the spoilers. Um, now, it's debatable, in my opinion, whether Stokes is the bad guy or whether he was just put in a bad situation. That's true. Well... Yeah, and they, we can't all be, um, what's his name, Sheldons. We can't all be Sheldons who are going to stand up and be like, no, no matter what it costs, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do the right thing. Um, most people put in a tough situation will make some bad decisions. And I feel like that's what happened with him. He wasn't necessarily a bad guy. He just had no other choice. Well, because it might be easy to miss because it is also done on behalf of greed. But the actual big bad guy, Merv Green, who's stealing from the charities, mm-hmm. threatens him that if he can't get Smoochie to play ball, that they'll kill him. Right, that's true. And most people, if it comes down to your life or someone else's life, mm-hmm. you can choose yourself. Probably, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do love, by the way, with Merv Green, the, like... I don't know why I thought of it as a video game, like a 90s video game where you don't see him at first. You just, it, it also made me think of um, Dr. Claw. Yes, exactly. Dr. Claw. But it also made me think of, uh, what is it called? Uh, Charlie's Angels, where you don't get to see Charlie and you only get to see like his body or whatever. I, it just, but the 90s video game thing is what it made me think of. He was this, like, supposed to be this huge, like, difficult guy to beat but like I don't I don't know I, I was it wasn't like you were intimidated by him you know what I mean it was like you were supposed to be you were supposed to be like oh my god this guy is so bad but then at the same time you're like no though <laughs> I mean I don't know he clearly had the uh stones to carry out his justice if he felt the need to he did but he, maybe it's because it was the type of movie it was too but like I, it wasn't like you were sitting there scared of him. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't that kind of a bad guy where you were like, oh, gosh, this guy is terrifying. Yeah. And neither was Burke from Danny DeVito. No. He was <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. I, I'm not even slightly surprised. I'm pretty sure the credit said that he was the director of the movie. Danny DeVito is. And I'm like, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, like, that makes com- complete and perfect sense for... He... I grew up watching Danny DeVito pretty much like I grew up watching um, Robin Williams. And growing up, you know, you're thinking of him as this funny guy in these movies. And some of them were kind of family friendly. I feel like in the 90s, that was a really, really, really fine line. Because, like, you watched movies with your parents or whatever. And (laughs) then you grow up and you're, you're like, why the fuck did my parents let me watch this shit? Like, that was not okay. Um... But I, so I grew up watching him. And then as I started to grow up and understand things better, I was like, wow, this man is a horrible pervert and just a horrible person that I shouldn't have been watching and looking up to as a kid. But I did. And right, so, maybe the characters, like, don't call Danny DeVito a horrible pervert. Like, he's he, he, Okay, <laughs> no, he's not. Okay, that's not fair. Yeah, the, but I feel like 
I think it's like this movie. This movie has these colorful, bright characters. So you, when you look at it, you're like, oh, it's a children's or a family movie, right? And then you go into the movie and you're like, nope. I well, feel I like... suppose that's why they called it Death to Smoochie and not like <laughs> Smoochie's Magic Shingle. <laughs> now, the song. I just love... Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're going to do the songs in a second. Yeah. But... I loved that Burke and Sheldon had this like really great chemistry together where when Burke became Sheldon's agent, he went in there and would just be like, oh, you owe him. You should be kissing his plush rhinoceros ass. He's like, well, I don't know about all that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I feel like Burke was a character that I wanted to hate, but I also didn't hate, but I also did hate. You know what I mean? Like... Was I think there was just time. enough of him in the movie. Mm-hmm. And it could be said for a lot of the side characters like Stokes and Spinner Dunn that any more would have been too much and just kind of making the joke stale. Yeah, I agree. But there was just enough. Yeah. Well, you brought up Spinner, though. I love Spinner. <laughs> of course you do. Yeah, that, there's no surprise there. Um I, but I do think I, I totally agree. I remember when I first when we first meet Spinner in the restaurant, I was just like, oh, this is going to be annoying. Like he's going to end up being a really annoying character. I'm just going to want him to stop, you know, but he was so lovable. And it, again, it didn't drag on for so long and you didn't keep seeing him over and over and over and over again where it was just he was constantly in the movie. So you ended up actually liking him rather than just being like, I'm done. Please stop. <laughs> They did a very good job kind of balancing it out mm-hmm. where they were playing his head injuries for a laugh, but it also didn't seem like they were mocking him. Yeah. Yeah. And seeing uh, Tommy Cotter and her big bad group of um, mobsters and the way that she was a badass, but at the same time cared so much about Spinner and like put him first, you know, and took such good care of him and all of that. Um, I loved seeing that kind of two sides of Tommy. Cause she, she I was another character. I think I was just like, I thought she was just gonna be awful. You know what I mean? I actually thought that she was gonna end up killing Spinner at one point. I'm really glad that that didn't happen, but she was, when they were in the restaurant and he was like causing a scene and making all this noise and that kind of stuff when she, when he met, um, uh, Sheldon and she was talking to some important person. I can't remember who he was, but she was talking to somebody and then she kind of like looked over at him and you could see on her face. She was just like, Oh, we need to like take care of this. You know, it's, it's becoming a big deal. And I was like, Oh gosh, please don't hurt spinner. I thought that was going to be the last time we saw him because I thought she was just going to be like, Nope, you're done. No, she was actually protecting spinner from Sheldon, which is yeah, sweet. It was. Yeah. Now I think she is a weird one because looking at her, I would have never guessed that she was going to be Miss Trunchbull in Batilda. It's like, Oh my God, <laughs> who are you? Uh-huh. Not the same voice, not the same look, mm-hmm. n- not the same even close to weight class. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, I'm terrified of you. You're like Lady William H. Macy. <laughs> William H. Macy, yeah, I feel like is has transformed so much. I didn't watch Matilda, though. I've never seen, I've seen parts of Matilda. 
Um, I know who the character is that you're referring to, but I don't, like, I feel like um, people our age growing up who did watch Matilda were terrified of her in that movie. Um, and I didn't have that experience and I didn't have that like reaction to her because when I did see it, I was already older and it was only parts of it that I saw. So it didn't affect me in any way. Maybe we'll get there. Yeah. Put that on your list. (laughs) It has to be your list though. It's your movie. Um, but yeah, she, I didn't, I didn't even know she was in that. I didn't know that she was really in anything. I didn't recognize the actress at all. Um, but that's a huge difference in how how does how is that the same person (laughs) I don't know (laughs) now the songs though yes thank you the songs (laughs) so what's your favorite Ooh. honestly I think I think the one about um the stepfather was probably my favorite one at least it's the one that stuck with me outside of the movie that I like think about now I think that one was cute but there were a couple of things in there where it's like your stepdad's not just adjusting he's being a dick (laughs) like why is he slamming doors and sending you to bed without anything to eat he's not your dad (laughs) I I also enjoy that he says that your your stepdad is similar to like a puppy who's just trying to like figure things out or whatever uh, and get used to everything. And then he says, but if he ever abuses you or your mother, what are those magic numbers? I was like, hey, at least it has a good, important message for kids. Because if that's happening, yeah, call 911. <laughs> now, my favorite song was the cookie song. The cookie song. <laughs> not only because it was so stupid. Like, they're not fresh from the soil. They're cookies. <laughs> yeah. But everything that happened after the cookie song. Oh, gosh. Well, before you get into everything that happened after the cookie song, I'm going to say when the cookies were lowering down, I think that was still part of the song, right? Um, When the cookies are lowering down in the bag or whatever it is, and everybody's looking up and there's all this mist and you get like zooms of kids' faces and they're just like, it's like... It's like the second coming of Christ or something like that, where everybody's just looking up like this this big magical religious experience or something happening. And I I don't even know what they were looking for because they didn't even pass out any cookies. (laughs) No. It was hilarious. But right after the cookie song, everyone's cheering. And it leads to my favorite quote because Randolph has replaced the cookies with new special cookies that are shaped like penises. <laughs> and when I say shaped like, I mean they also have pink glitter sugar <laughs> and a little ridge around yep. the head with yep. icing. <laughs> like, these are some classy-ass penis cookies. <laughs> yeah, they're the kind you would have at a bachelorette party. <laughs> so, after the song... Randolph just kind of rolls his eyes and goes, whatever that means, you fucking peasants. <laughs> and that quote will live with me for the rest of my life. I don't usually say it out loud, but I often think it about it. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Peasants just makes me think of the internet anyway. Just like that is the, like, and maybe, maybe it came from this movie. No, it definitely didn't come from this movie. Nobody's seen this movie besides you and now me. Um, but 
Yeah, um, there's also all of the very different ways because um, when they take out the penis-shaped cookie, uh, Sheldon has to think of what the hell he's going to say because they are alive and there's a bunch of children there and he's like, um, it's a, it's a, and then he says, it's a rocket ship. And then Randolph comes down and is yelling at them about how it's not a rocket ship, it's a penis. And I don't, I don't know all of the amazing things words that he has for penis but he is the most creative person in that way and i i wouldn't be surprised if that was just all robin williams like his own like i don't know maybe on the spot or writing i'm not sure (laughs) well he starts off very basic by saying that it's a cock and balls Mm -hmm. uh he eventually calls it jimmy and the twins a one-eyed wonder weasel and a rumple foreskin, among other things. Rumple foreskin is great. <laughs> and what's even better is that when he comes out and he's yelling it and he's waggling the dick cookie by his own dick and the cops are coming to escort him off the lot, Shelby is completely perfectly cool, like, thanks for dropping by. Everybody <laughs> wave bye to Rainbow Randolph. And it's such a baller move. <laughs> yep, yep. It's, I I feel like it's those scenes, and there's quite a few of them, scenes like that, that just make this movie what it is. Because then there's, you know, there's plot building and that kind of stuff that's good. But then there's those scenes where you're just like, just when you see how insane Randolph has gotten, because he's so obsessed with getting his spot back on TV and getting rid of Sheldon and... And then he just he just hates him more and more like by the minute, <laughs> um, oh. and they build that sl- kind of slowly. I mean, it's insanity, so it doesn't build that slowly. So they did a good job with that, I think, where he just gets more and more crazy. Well, his physical acting was great because even after he was being thrown out of the building, he yells, <laughs> "I know the way out!" And then he falls down the stairs, hits his face in the wall, and has to spit out his own tooth. <laughs> yep. So, like, they give really give uh, Robin Williams a wide berth to kind of do the accents and the voices and the jumping around and the wildly vacillating between complete depression and absolute euphoria that he's so good at. Yeah. And that he really shines doing. <clears throat> yeah, and speaking of accents, there's that part where he is driving um, Smoochie to oh, his show. <laughs> Smoochie's a Nazi. <laughs> yes. Yep. That's that's what I'm referring to, yes, when Smoochie's a ra- Nazi. Um, Let me set this up for the people. Please. Um, Smoochie gets a phone call after his life is threatened by the owner of a charity from a debatably Irish-Scottish random person from a charity that he's never heard of, who is actually Rainbow Randolph in disguise. Mm. And Smoochie is an idiot, so he says, oh, that sounds good. (laughs) Yeah, so he agrees to let this stranger pick him up at his apartment and bring him somewhere that he doesn't know for a charity that he's never heard of. (laughs) And... It is still just Rainbow Randolph in a crappy disguise with a shifting accent. And he doesn't (laughs) understand it at all. Yep. And he doesn't even question it, even when the person driving the car seems to be having a complete and total mental breakdown. (laughs) Oh, you mean when he 
basically uh, shits on himself and says that you hate him, admit it, you think he's this horrible whatever. I don't remember exactly what he calls himself, but when Randolph oh. saying you hate, he's trying to get him to say he's, he hates him, I guess, is what his, I think that's what his goal was there. He calls himself a pillow biter and Sheldon's response is, well, I don't know about any sleeping problems he might have. <laughs> He's the cutest person. I mean, it's come so on. <laughs> yeah. And then his, but that's what I was referring to is Robin Williams's accent work is so brilliant that he so smoothly changes between, I'm going to argue that it was more than even just Irish, Scottish. It was probably a little Australian at times. It was a little British at times. And then there was the himself American accent that comes out. And it's it's so smooth. And I love that. I think his only um Sheldon's only rea- reaction to it is when he goes he like basically is trying to get him to say you hate Randolph admit it he says hey say where'd you say you were from again and I'm just like oh sweetheart <laughs> and then he still trusts him after that that's the beautiful thing is he catches it he questions it and then he's just like yay I'm excited to do this let's go out there and do this and then yeah he's a Nazi the shot that they set up there is so beautiful, though, that I have to talk about it. Because Randolph convinces him to go out onto the stage as Smoochie and play a Smoochie song for the Wee Ones. Mm-hmm. And he starts to play, but it's completely silent, and there's a giant spotlight blaring on him, so he can't see where he is. Mm-hmm. So he holds up his hand to block the light and says, Oh, hey, could you bring the lights down a little bit? I can't see how many of my friends are out there. So mm-hmm. they bring the house, the lights down, turn the house lights up, and it's a room full of Nazis. And he's standing <laughs> in front of it with his hand up in the Heil sign because he was trying to block the light. And they unfurl a giant swastika behind him. And it's so funny to just watch him just go like, oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. It was the it, the whole setup of it. I, I like when they kind of show you an audience view of the stage and you can't see who's in the audience because it's all like just shadows. Um, I had a moment where I was like, oh, no, what has he done? I, like that is definitely not something I could have expected. The whole Nazi thing. Yeah. Um, but I was like, oh, no, Randolph, what have you done? I was like, you- are there dead bodies in the audience? What is going to happen right now? And then somehow it was worse than there being dead bodies in the audience. Now, see, I knew there was going to be something screwed up there. I would never have guessed in a million years that it was going to be a room full of Nazis. <laughs> No, I don't think anybody could have. How could you? (laughs) Well, what I love is they spent the entire rest of the movie setting Sheldon up as this guy who is a vegan, who doesn't like sugary drinks and is against soda and all that. And after he is smeared as a Nazi, his big like depression move is to eat a hamburger and drink a Pepsi. Oh, yeah. Yep. (laughs) Well, that's that takes a lot, I guess, for him. Uh, it's so like, who? How do you even come up with that? How do you even like who's sitting there writing this and going, "I know, he's gonna take him to a room where he thinks there's gonna be a bunch of kids, and then we're gonna have his 
like to think of having the arm up i think like the nazi thing i guess could come up i don't know i don't even know what that means <laughs> but to think of the idea of that shot that you were referring to where he puts his arm up to block the light and it like it's just it's so brilliant and it's it's such a stupid movie but it's also such a brilliant movie yeah, it's a great shot and it's set up so perfectly yeah oh, yeah i think i'm laughing just as much now talking about it as i did when i watched the movie well yeah and i mean even that scene is a great kind of forwarding of the relationship between sheldon and nora Mm -hmm. because they really start out with her like yeah this simp he's an idiot I just have to hire him because my boss told me to I don't want to listen to a word he has to say Mm. to kind of like respecting him a little bit and kind of finding herself slightly attracted to him yeah to kind of not knowing whether to trust him or not to Mm. and I feel like they had really good chemistry throughout all that like their argument when he got his own office after kind of fucking her over not Mm. fucking her over necessarily just like getting more power than she had (laughs) yeah he's trying to de-escalate and but he has to have the last word so he stumps out of her office and goes i'll be in my office the big one with the view (laughs) they all have views you dumb shit and he yells back not looking this way cupcake and slams her off his door and it's like it's the perfect amount of chemistry that they built kind of slowly and it really sold what they had most of the movie yeah i it's the problem i have with every movie pretty much i think i i loved that they were a that they were able to go from you know, having to learn to trust each other, especially her, and, like, going past the, like, you're just an idiot and I don't like you thing to, okay, I'm starting to respect you and I'm starting to, like, get to know you and actually realize that you're a good person and that whole thing. Um, and then, like, the attra- even even the attraction parts, when, um, when he's, like, changing for a show and she stands there and he, I think he's got, like, a tank top or whatever on and he just, she just stands there and he's just you can tell just very, very openly checking him out, like, oh, damn. Um, I didn't expect what it was going to lead to, which we'll talk about in a second. But, um, like, that attraction, even building that attraction, I was like, they did a good job with all of that. I just didn't need them to end up in this big, like, romantic relationship. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't, for me, I guess it just didn't make sense for the movie. It wasn't even the relationship itself that I didn't like. It was just that it I, it was out of place for the movie. I liked their romantic relationship. I don't think it was out of place. I think you tend to like a movie less that has a romantic relationship unless it's a rom-com. Yeah, cause, well, okay, here's the thing. I would have been fine with them having a relationship. I just didn't need all of the focus on the relationship. I didn't need that one scene where they're making out outside it's like almost the end of the movie basically and the like camera spins around them and it takes like 30 seconds of them making out I'm like okay I got it you've already made out you've already been together you already made up after everything that happened I don't need to see 30 seconds of you making out can this be the end now are we done like and then and then I wish that was the final scene actually but we'll get to that in a sec too I want to talk about Nora a little bit more but go ahead the only scene I had a problem with in their actual relationship 
was the part where it turned out that she has like a kid show host kink. Yes, where that's she what I was fucked say. Rainbow Randolph and another one and like another I, I don't remember any of the other names, but they no. listed off like five of them. Yep. And it's like on one hand, get you some girl, you fuck whoever you want to fuck, power right. to it. I don't care if you're a furry, I don't care what kink you have, do mm. it. Mm. On the other hand, it takes away from it being a special thing between her and Sheldon that she actually built like a thing with him. If right. it's like, oh no, that's her type. She fucks everybody. Yeah. Who is in that position that you're in. Yeah, and I, that's exactly what I was going to talk about. Like, I also will say, like, it's a weird twist that they added, and, I like, you, nobody would have expected it, I guess. But at the same time, yeah, it just kind of, it takes away from their relationship. It takes away from what she had had with Randolph. It, like, it's not just Randolph and Sheldon at that point. It's everybody who has had the same type of role. She has just wanted to fuck them. And again, yeah, I don't care who you wanted to fuck or who you have fucked or what you're into or whatever, but just it, I think that's what it was, was just like, okay, you're spending too much time focusing on the relationship issues and the relationship in general that I, I don't need that. There's so much more of an important plot line here and a plot line that's so much funnier. I didn't think it was funny either. It was just kind of like, um, okay, what, you know? Um, so I just, in that way, I didn't need the relationship. But you are right. I tend to not like romantic relationships. Like, the focus on them. I don't care if the relationship is there. But if it's a big focus for a few scenes, even, I, I don't want it in a movie that's not a rom-com. Yeah, whereas I liked the relationship aspect of it fine, except for that one thing. Because mm -hmm. it took away from her relationships with both of them. And it also took away from, like, the kind of badass bitch that she seemed to have been the entire movie. Yeah. Where it's just like, no, I am your boss. I am your trainer. You go out there, look pretty, and sell me some cereal, you know? <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, I loved that version of her. And then to water her down into just being not only the mascot fucker, <laughs> but the woman who fucks all of her subordinates. Yeah. I didn't like, and I feel like it was a disservice to all of them involved and to the relationship they were trying to build and to her character and to, it was just, it was a joke. that they Yeah, didn't land. exactly. That's what I was going to say. It was like, it wasn't even funny. At least if it was funny, then I would have understood it, but it just, it was pointless and it just made things worse, not better. And she was like apologetic about it too when he found out and was just like, she felt bad about it. I'm like, no, own it. If you're going to do that shit, own it at least, you know, because it didn't make sense for her character to be so embarrassed by that. No, what did make sense for her character and was a great, like adorably romantic scene between them mm -hmm. is when she comes over to his place to apologize while drunk and they like bond over Ricketts the Rhino and they do yeah. the funky wonky dance together and it's yeah. so adorable. And that was what really got me on board of them as like a relationship couple. Mm -hmm. But then it's just like, oh no, you remind her of her like childhood <laughs> rhino dad. Yeah, weird. <laughs> I didn't need I I I loved the chemistry I loved them in a lot of scenes together I thought they were funny at times together and also there were sweet moments of them together um but I would have loved it I guess it wouldn't I guess it wouldn't have made that much of a difference if it was a romantic relationship or a friendship 
that they had built. And then everything that they tried to do as a romantic relationship just kind of ruined it for me. Like the whole I, I'm a mascot fucker and also the makeout scene at the end, which I was just like, I, okay. I was ready to turn the movie off. I was like, okay, this is probably where they're going to end. I don't need to watch them make out for 10 minutes, <laughs> you know? Um, but then it didn't end there. But before we move on to talking about the ending, because I do want to talk about the ending in a second, but I do want to talk about a scene that I thought was um, kind of an understated scene. Um, when Randolph is at um, Angelo's ha- uh, apartment and he's sitting there and he's like, I think he's like eating popcorn or something and he's watching TV and he's got the way he's sitting, he's got his feet up kind of like, so you when you're seeing his view, it's his feet and the TV and he's just sitting there and just grumbling angrily at the TV because he's watching Smoochie and it was just so funny to me and I thought it was funny in like a really subtle way and it was it was was beautifully done and his I think that's another thing Robin Williams does well is his little like grumbly like I hate everything thing that he does it's so good now a scene that was not subtle at all was his attempted suicide Mm -hmm. yeah that was was so hard because he put so much into it his eyes were watering and Mm -hmm. he was so serious and it worked really well to just have that crowd of spectators around him that were about to just watch him set himself on fire it was so terrifying to me that these people were just gonna watch even when he pours the the whatchamacallit on himself (laughs) yes the whatchamacallit (laughs) the gasoline I guess (laughs) on himself they just like take a step back and they just continue to watch him like so you're ready to stand here and watch this man set himself on fire? Are you serious? Like, nobody walked away. They just stared at him. Except for that one little girl. She was and so- when she comes to him and blows out the match, he mm-hmm. almost cries. He does. And it's That's- so much. And yeah. that alone is kind of what I was saying at the even the beginning, where the kids honestly mean so much to him. Yeah. When he was talking about getting his show back, it's not like my money. It's like, I'll be back, little ones, I promise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you see that with that, except I hate that then the woman yells, look, everyone, it's Smoochie. And then the little girl also runs off and then gets picked up by Smoochie and poor Randolph is standing there. But at least he doesn't kill himself then. He doesn't set himself on fire thanks to that little girl. Who was adorable. <laughs> no, he just decides he's going to kill Smoochie. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am bringing a gun to his apartment. <laughs> that whole, the apartment scene was, I think they did a really good job going from I'm going to fucking murder you to them building their friendship and um, Sheldon, like, being there I guess for Randolph and like helping him out sort of um I mean Nora too I guess (laughs) but they gave all three of them something to really do Randolph got to be insane and really get his word out and insult the picture of the rhinoceros (laughs) because it wasn't a beautiful naked lady with a tasteful amount of bush But Sheldon got to do the anger management, trying to talk him down, 
And yeah. Nora got to just be like, we don't have time for this shit and beat Randolph <laughs> over the head and knock yeah. him out, take his gun. Yeah, and that was the Nora we loved. And that was the Nora I wanted the, them to stay true to. And then they ruined with the whole mascot fucker thing. Um, Not even that she was a mascot fucker. Honestly, I don't even care about that. But it's just that she was, the worst part of that for me was that she was apologetic about it. But yeah, the friendship that they build between Randolph and um, Sheldon was really well done. I didn't expect it to end that way. I didn't expect them to be friends. Honestly, I expected that Randolph was going to get arrested or die or something like that was going to happen. I didn't expect that they were actually going to end up being friends. No, and Randolph is immediately just like my best friend. And it's like, <laughs> hey, fucker. No, Angela was your best friend. Yeah. Like, he well, brought you chicken and stars, bitch. Well, maybe it was that Angela was, is on a whole other level. He doesn't even consider him a best friend. It's something so much more than that for him that it was just like, that doesn't count. We don't include Angelo as part of anything. Okay, is this the sequel where Angelo and Randolph are like, <laughs> brothers like a twin style <laughs> yes or is this the sequel where angelo and randolph have a love where it dare not speak its name <laughs> i'm all i you know what i'm for either one hey he's a <laughs> rainbow randolph <laughs> there you go yeah and he said a tasteful amount of bush on a beautiful naked woman and that doesn't mean he wants to fuck the woman he's just appreciating the beauty of a woman's body so he could be gay okay the bisexual uh, rights thank or- you Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I I want to also um go back to Spinner for a second because I will go ahead and say something. Um, that my favorite characters were down between Tommy and Spinner because Tommy is a wonderful, amazing, badass woman with a cool accent that I want to listen to all the time. And then the thing that I said earlier already that she's a badass, but also she's got a soft spot for Spinner and takes such good care of him and all of that. But Spinner is everything, and I love him, and I hate that they killed him. They did not have to fucking kill him. I mean, they did, but they didn't. <laughs> Hit a cowbell for the homies. <laughs> no, like, the way they did it, though, was really tasteful. The funeral was not a joke. It was very somber, even with the cowbell. And I really appreciated how they handled it. Mm-hmm. But it was they- so sad. It was. And then even the the scene where they do murder him, where it's like shadows, we're seeing them behind the like wall thingy and it's we're just seeing their shadows. I thought that was done well too. Um and the like the guilt of it that Sheldon feels because they were after him, they wanted to kill him, and then they got Spinner instead, or Moochie. Um that like I get that they needed it for that, but also damn you for killing Spinner. Are you ready for some pain? Am I ready for some pain? I'm I'm always ready for some pain. I understand that the cowbell was loud and annoying, but Spinner was an ex-boxer. If he hadn't been in the giant foam suit, he probably could have defended himself. No! No. <laughs> no. No, no, no. How dare you? Yep. Kicking you off the show. You're not allowed to be here anymore. No, don't leave. Um, movie, bitch. <laughs> yeah, so you know what? Screw you times two for making me so invested in this character of your movie and then hurting me even more. 
Well, um, Spinner's death really does set off the kind of final issues of the movie because Sheldon decides to do the ice show after all because Spinner really cared about it. He did. It was such a shitty ice show. It was like, so bad. It was an opera and <laughs> it was like, oh, all the refreshments are going to be provided by me for free. Salt-free pretzels. Like, who, who wants a salt-free pretzel? You can't make a pretzel without salt, by the way. The dough doesn't rise. Oh. Um, well, that makes it even shittier. It was also not a children's show. No. It, it was, was opera. Dark. It was yeah. Uh, but then where were they going to set up the whole, you know, saving, um, R- Randolph saving Sheldon thing, if not on ice? Well, it could have still been on ice, but it could have been, like, an actual smoochy show. Because yeah. he was saying he was doing it to benefit the methadone clinic and drug rehabilitation programs for kids. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, you know what would really help that? A for-profit ice show where you didn't give everything away for free so people would have to pay for it so you could <laughs> give money to the charities yeah. that people actually wanted to see. But, but then they they wouldn't have paid for the healthy snacks because nobody was going to buy a salt-free pretzel. No. <laughs> we're going to sneak in gummy bears from home. You know, there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, in the end... Oh, did you want to? I was just going to say I love their insults to each other, too, from earlier. I forgot to say this, but when he calls him a, the bastard son of Barney... And then in response, illegitimate Teletubby, or no, I think that's both him, but the illegitimate Teletubby, the bastard son of Barney, those lines were perfect because I grew up, I didn't grow up, well, actually, I did grow up watching Barney. I didn't grow up watching Teletubbies, but um, my niece loved Barney too. So like when I heard that, I was just like, oh no, you're ruining my childhood and my niece's childhood if she ever watches this movie. So you got two for one and the illegitimate Teletubby, which is great. (laughs) With it being a big pinky purple mm-hmm. animal, it had to address Barney in some way. It had to, yeah. <laughs> At least they didn't do BJ and Baby Bop too. Well, they might have uh, done BJ. Maybe. Oh no. <laughs> now the fact that you remember those names hurts me. By the way, go on. I'm sorry. Did you not love him? He loved you. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I remembered Barney, but not BJ and whatever, Bop. (laughs) Baby (laughs) Bop. Now, at the end, Stokes and Burke have decided that they're going to work together because Merv Green is probably going to kill both of them if they don't get Smoochie out of the way. Mm -hmm. And they decide that they're going to hire an ex-kids host that became addicted to meth which ironically would have been helped had this ice show gone (laughs) yeah uh they decide they're going to hire him to take sheldon out so they can get things back to the way that they are supposed to be right and in the end stokes really doesn't do a lot but when Sheldon finds out that Burke has fucked him over, mm. he chases Burke into a sewer, basically. Yeah. And they have 
one of the most hilarious arguments in the movie. Hmm. Because earlier on, Burke gave Sheldon a gun. Right. And for his own protection. <laughs> and now Sheldon has that gun and he's trying to chase Burke down with it. And they argue over the logistics of the politeness of shooting someone <laughs> with their gun that they gave you as a present. <laughs> and on one hand, it's like, did you really expect that to work? And on the other hand, it's like, oh, it's Sheldon. It might. It might have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I love that they don't let him do it, though. Um, Tommy and Co. Um, that they're like, let us handle this, basically. Because. Sheldon is like on I feel like he's like in that place where it's just like if he ended up killing somebody it would have been over for who Sheldon has become who he has spent so long becoming and who he's tried so hard to hold on to um and if he shot anybody it was gonna like it was all just gonna melt melt away um and I love that like that them all being there for each other in that way was really really great to see too and I love that they were just like oh don't you worry about it we're gonna handle it you know and that he trusted them to do it and allowed them to do it too that was great well not only were they family at the time but Mm -hmm. it's like oh these are the people that are responsible for killing yep (laughs) so yeah they weren't gonna make it out alive nope definitely not but Sheldon it was really important, I think, for them to show how far it would take for him to get to that level. Mm. Like, call him a Nazi, get him smeared, <laughs> take everything from him. He'll eat a hamburger. <laughs> yeah. You have to literally kill his best friend mm-hmm. for him to get to that point of violence. Yeah. Because he's wonderful. He was chasing him around with the safety still on the gun. (laughs) I'm just wondering if he even did try to use that gun, if he could. Well, I don't know why Burke even told him that the safety was still on. (laughs) Why would you say that? Because he's an idiot. (laughs) The ending. I want to talk about this ending. Because it's one of the things I dislike most about this whole movie the when they have their and I don't I like I can't tell if this was just like a montage for the end of the movie or not I guess it wasn't a montage but if it was just a like a this is the end of the movie here the credits scene or if it was supposed to be a real show that um Sheldon and uh Randolph did together at the end the ice show they did I, I really can't tell if that was part of the movie or if that was just like, okay, the movie's over. Here's just them being doing this thing. It was like the actors really wanted to do this, so they just did it. But I was all for it when it was the two of them and they were skating around and even the ridiculous flying up to the like sign thing or whatever was fine. And I wanted it to end right then when they were both up on the sign that would have been perfect if it was just that little bit and then it was over. But then for some reason, Nora skates out. And I'm like, Nora's not part of the show. She's not a host of anything. She's never been in their shows. She's just like, 
she works behind the scenes. So why the hell is she coming out? And that's when things got really weird for me because I was like, that doesn't make sense, A. And then B, they were just like floating around all over the place and that was weird. And then also it just went on forever, it felt like. And I kept thinking, I don't want to stop in case something else is going to happen. But also, I don't want to keep watching this because it was pointless. It wasn't, it didn't do anything, you know what I mean? And I do think it was just like, movie's over. This isn't actually part of the movie. Well, I I can agree that that scene really didn't need to be there and was way too long. Mm -hmm. And it started off really cute. And I kind of hope that it was a real thing where it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, Angelo doesn't have to choose between them. And they have a show together and it's super cute. Nobody cares about his little dick thing the cookies <laughs> or the nazi thing anymore or anything else he did all of the horrible things he did yeah yeah but, and that part was great but it should have ended when they flew up to the sign and then they kind of just shared a smile and that was perfect now i hate what it did to nora as well because mm-hmm. she worked so hard you would imagine to get and maintain the job that she had mm-hmm. Yeah. And right now, especially because Stokes disappeared mysteriously, Mm. she was probably going to get a promotion because she worked under him. Mm. And it's like, did you really quit the job that you loved, that you worked hard for to be Smoochie's girlfriend? Yeah. And see, that's why I want to I want to pretend that never happened. (laughs) that, That was nothing. She continued to be a badass woman in charge, and they could still date. I don't care, but that's all. <laughs> like, if she had wanted to be a kid show host, she could have been a kid show host. Right. And, like, obviously she wasn't interested in doing that. Right. And, like, it took away things from her character at that point. Yeah. It just, I feel like it just didn't really make any sense. <laughs> now... Here is my problem. Mm-hmm. We just closed out the movie very end, and you haven't told me your favorite quote yet. <laughs> I cannot accept that. Okay, my favorite, favorite quote. And I feel like just the same way that you said you would think your favorite quote regularly in everyday life, same thing with mine. Um, when Randolph is being arrested after he's like, what, fallen off the roof or whatever, right? Yeah, he saved Smoochie's life, but yeah. he's up there with the gunmen, so they're not sure what's going on. Yeah, and they ask him if he's okay, and his response is, I'm kind of fucked up in general, so it's hard to gauge. And I'm like, yes, yes, no matter what happens, no matter how horrible a thing happens to me in a moment, if somebody asks me that question, at least in my head, I'm going to be thinking that exact same thing. <laughs> I love the way he said it, too, because the entire rest of the movie, he has been completely off his rocker mentally. Mm. And every time somebody asks him anything, he goes nuts. Like, when he got arrested, he was yelling that someone touched his ass. (laughs) Everyone's awful. Um, He attacked a protester that was trying to save the actual rhinos. Yep. And, like, yelled at him. And then finally, now that he knows that he is categorically not okay, it's so freeing that it's the calmest he has been in the entire movie. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm sure the delivery was part of it. But, like, 
there were so many good lines in this movie and throughout the movie I was just like how am I going to choose a favorite line this is going to be impossible and then when that happened I was like forget every other line this is the one this is the one for me (laughs) yeah that was so close to being my favorite but it just Mm -hmm. got edged out slightly I'm glad because then we both had a favorite and they were different from each other (laughs) oh yeah you didn't get to steal mine this time you mean uh there will be chances in the future (laughs) um did you have anything else to add about the movie I want to make sure we didn't skip anything or leave anything out I have a final rating for the movie okay good 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 what is your final rating 98 percent holy shit (laughs) yeah I, I loved the characters. The movie was really fun and it was interesting. I've never really seen another movie like it. Mm-hmm. And I go back and at, like I watch this movie relatively often, like once a year. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of rare for me with movies. Yeah, watching a mo- the same movie once a year is makes it a, a favorite, definitely. Top favorite. Yeah. Um, I, I took off one point for Nora's furry kink thing mm-hmm. and another for the ending dance sequence cut mm-hmm. those and it would have been my perfect movie wow I gave it slightly less <laughs> um I wasn't as bad as the critics at least I gave it 73 um <laughs> the movie I felt like was a little too long for me even though I can't specifically sit here and say these are the exact scenes I want cut out aside from the end scene um but it was an hour and 49 minutes and I feel like it could have been a little shorter and then been a better movie um the ending was awful the very very ending um they shot spinner and that probably lost 10 percent of my score alone <laughs> And then the love story was just unnecessary. That kissing scene didn't need to be there. And the thing with Nora and her thing. And yeah, so there was just a few things that I could have done without. And even though I can watch this movie again and enjoy it, I definitely don't think it's going to be a once a year type movie for me. Um, But it is enjoyable enough that I will probably tell people in the future, like, let's watch this movie. Now. I think it's funny that you said an hour 49 is long because everything that has come out since 2018 is two and a half hours long, basically. And they need to freaking stop doing that because I hate that. Like, I don't have the attention span. to. That's why I don't go. I don't like going to movie theaters because I'm an anti person. I don't do well with having to sit still in one position for a long period of time. So anything above an hour, an hour and a half, I'm like, I need to stop and get up for a second at home. At least I can pause it, get up, do what I need to do and come back. But yeah, I mean, it's not like the longest movie, but I feel like there's room for it to have been a little shorter. (laughs) And everything that's two hours or longer, unless it's a Harry Potter movie, fucking stop. (laughs) Well, I guess I'm going to have to pick some really long movies. I hate you. I fucking hate you. (laughs) Well, lucky for you, next Mm -hmm. week is your choice. Yay. And we're doing The Perks of Being a Wallflower from 2012, starring Logan Thurman. And I'm looking forward to seeing how much you love or hate that movie. Um, Guys, in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. We are on Instagram, Millennials at the Movies. On Twitter, Millennials ATM, and my personal Twitter is Ami, that's A-M-I underscore movies. And mine is cantaloupe underscore eyes, like the fruit. See you guys next time. Bye.